The BYU football program is 5-2 by virtue of a 27-14 victory over Texas Tech. We're breaking it down on a special edition of Postcast as we react to the good, the bad, and your overall takeaways on social media. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is a postcast, a special edition of the podcast as we react to BYU's 27-14 victory over Texas Tech on Saturday evening at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, now, let me preface all of this by saying uh, social media is an interesting place to be in game. I freely admit that. And uh and here's the thing about this. BYU is five and two. We're gonna start off with the good. BYU is five and two on the season, folks. Many of us, yours truly included, would have absolutely uh taken six and six before the season started and said, let's do it, let's move forward, let's lock it in, and I'll take that. Well it very well could be that BYU still ends up six and six on the season at the end of all of this, but BYU at the uh, seven game marks is just past halfway of the season, they're five and two. What is still capable in terms of their accomplishments this season? Could they pick up a sixth, a seventh, maybe an eighth win? That is all on the table. I, I, I Social media, a lot of you are really, really down on the coaching staff, in particular Aaron Roderick as BYU's offensive coordinator. I don't know what to tell you guys. I do not expect Aaron Roderick to be going anytime, any anywhere, anytime soon under Kalani Sitake's dire- uh, leadership and direction of the BYU football program. That's my personal opinion. I don't have any inside intel. Let me reiterate. I this is my personal feeling is that Aaron Roderick is not going anywhere, folks. I I could be dead wrong about that. Kalani could wake up the day after the season and say, you know what, I need to make a change at offensive coordinator. But right now, he's not making the change in season, and it's Aaron Roderick's job. He's been charged with figuring out how to get more out of the offense. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But let's just re let's just reiterate. BYU's five and two, everybody. Let's celebrate. Some of y'all are insufferable, as I said on Twitter. I got a couple of DMs from some fans, and they were just just downright abysmal with some of the hot takes they had, most notably centering around the offense and Aaron Roderick in particular. I don't know what to tell you guys. I know that BYU's been scraping by. They're five and two despite being outgained and outpossessed and all this different all these different metrics. But let's celebrate the wins, everybody. Why? Why must you find ways to be as down as some people were? I'm not saying all of y'all, but some people were about this game for BYU. Could BYU performed better in the second half in particular? Absolutely, they could have. They could have avoided going three and out. Was it five or six out of the seven drives in that second half? Not good enough in that respect. And I guarantee they go back to the drawing board and try and figure things out. But celebrate the W's. It's a hard sport to win football games in, folks. One mark of a good football program is finding ways to win even if you're not operating at peak efficiency, and that's exactly what BYU is doing. Remember how down all of us were after BYU got absolutely trounced 44-11 to last Saturday by TCU. Remember some of the thought, that okay, could BYU lose out here? BYU put on a much better, a markedly better uh, performance at home against Texas Tech and got the victory. 
It's a win. Celebrate accordingly. I can tell you Kalani Satake and his players were celebrating wildly. You probably saw them dancing in the postgame locker room. Yes, there is plenty to work on. There is plenty to fix if you're BYU. But the Cougars did the darn thing and won the dang football game. That good enough? I could end the podcast right now and, and feel like I had done my job. But a couple other things I really liked about this game for BYU. The Cougars piled up 150 rushing yards on 30 attempts. That comes out to a healthy average of 5 yards per carry. LJ Martin, 10 carries for 93 yards, 9.3 yards per carry. Aiden Robbins, 16 carries for 49 yards. He came in late in this game, speaking of Aiden Robbins, and it's his first extensive action since Game 2 against Southern Utah. And he picked up hard, and I mean Hard yards that were important for BYU to grind out this victory over Texas Tech. It's good to have Aiden Robbins back. He showed flashes of why BYU wanted him in the transfer portal. Why he was a thousand yard rusher a season ago for UNLV. It was good to see him back out on the football field, but more importantly good to see BYU's rushing attack come alive. Keaton Slovis, a pretty pedestrian night. 15 completions on 27 attempts, 127 yards, 2 touchdowns, but more importantly, 0, and I mean count them, 0 interceptions. Yes, his completion percentage is not great. His overall yardage on the season is not phenomenal, but he's doing enough to get BYU to W's. I, I don't get why certain people think Keaton Slovis needs to be benched. This is a guy who has led BYU to a 5-2 and two record, folks, similar to the Aaron Roderick conversation. I do not expect Kalani Sitake at any point uh, here, unless things really spiral out of control, to replace Keaton Slovis as BYU's starting quarterback. It just makes zero sense. Other good things. BYU's defense. 389 yards is an improvement for the 580 or whatever they gave up against TCU a, a week ago. 153 rushing yards. You can live with that. The best stat of the night, though, for BYU. Takeaways. Five. Count them. Five turnovers collected by BYU. BYU continues when they are plus in the turnover margin this season. They are undefeated. They are 5-0. and When they're even or losing in the turnover margin, they've, the only two losses they have are a result of those two. So very, very impressive effort from BYU on defense. I thought it was a solid bounce-back effort from BYU. Yes, you want to see more than 277 total yards on offense, and that, that's something we'll discuss here momentarily. But it was really, really nice to see BYU get back to being more of what they had been this year. I wanted to see if BYU could prove that TCU was the exception, and uh, the, the, this game to me, would prove, okay, they're more of what BYU was the first five games of the year. That's exactly what they proved tonight. Is Tonight uh, was more of a of a showing for BYU on par with what they had done through the first five games before that bye week. A lot of things went wrong against TCU. And plenty of stuff went wrong against Texas Tech. But BYU hung tough, and they just stayed in this football game and kept grinding and grinding and grinding. It's not pretty. It's not sexy. I get all that. But one thing that BYU is, they are a winning football program. They are officially now just one win away from getting to bowl eligibility. They have as uh, they actually have have more wins in terms of Big 12 wins than the other three newcomers combined. And by the way, this is just the second legacy win, uh, speaking of a, a win for a newcomer in the Big 12 Conference, over a legacy member with BYU getting the win over Texas Tech. The only other one was Houston on that thrilling Hail Mary to beat West Virginia. It was a two uh, weeks ago on a Thursday night. So, solid solid outing for BYU, all things considered. Was it perfect? By no means was it perfect. There is plenty for BYU to improve on, and who knows if everything uh, gets fixed this season or they have to continue to uh, tweak things. In the Who knows? But the good news is BYU won the football game. Let's celebrate that. Now, 
There's plenty to fix, and we'll talk about some of those things that BYU needs to work on, and we'll get to those coming up here momentarily. Now, a quick word on our friends over at UCCU. They've been working on this for months now. The best part about UCCU is they have a new feature called Learn and Earn. What it is, it's paying your entire family inside the UCCU mobile banking app to uh, learn about money. Simple as that. They break down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games with Learn and Earn. They feature quizzes and trivia, and every time a family member of yours completes a topic, they can uh, earn points that accrue and be redeemed for gift cards to places like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more, my friends. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against one another to track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is available inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere, and the more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Of course, it's all courtesy of UCCU. It's part of their B award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while learning about money, while becoming financially literate and learning about money together. Simple as that, my friends. It's all courtesy of UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you uh, for your support, and thank you for joining us on this postcast edition of the show. All right. Now for the stuff that BYU needs to clean up. Yes, you need to find more offense. You've got to find a way to get things going. In the second half, BYU, this game could have been blown wide open by the Cougars. It could have absolutely been the one that BYU runs roughshod away uh, from an opponent like this. When you collect five turnovers and you don't turn it over once, you typically are going to blow out an opponent. And I would... I will say this, 27-14, to 14, in my mind, does not do this game justice in terms of how well I thought BYU controlled the action. Yes, they got outgained by over 100 and, uh, was 111 yards in terms of total yards. Also, total plays, BYU got outsnapped 80-57. to 57. Time of possession uh, goes in favor of Texas Tech narrowly, just about a minute 50 in terms of overall uh, time of possession advantage for them. But the thing is, BYU needs to continue to work on this offense. It's It feels like this point of the year, this is what the offense is going to be. It's going to try and find options. Now, the passing game wasn't elite tonight, and has been elite at different points this year. The hope is that the passing game will return with a vengeance, and you can keep this same rushing attack going for BYU. 30 carries, 150 yards, and 5 yards per carry is exactly what BYU has needed all season long. We were belly aching, all of us were belly aching about BYU's, what was it, 60 yards against uh, Southern Utah, like just paltry number outputs. I have talked, if BYU got over 100 yards, heck, even 150 yards, I felt like BYU be near unstoppable in terms of winning football games. Well, they got the 150 yards rushing tonight and did enough to get the victory. Uh, other things you can clean up on. For BYU, you've got to find a way to get off the field more consistently on defense. Uh, it was 12 of 19 for TCU on third downs a week ago. It was better tonight. 9 of 18 to 50% in terms of third down conversions for Texas Tech. 9 of 18. BYU also on offense needs to be better on third downs, continuing to work on that. 4 of 14 for the Cougars. So third down continues to be an absolute bugaboo for BYU that needs to be worked on. Other things that BYU can continue to improve upon is the just the overall uh, cohesive nature of uh, uh, of the offense. It feels like at times things can get a little disjointed. And what I mean by that is there are times it feels like BYU's like, all right, we're going to establish the run game, and they run it three times straight. You can mix in pass and run a little bit more. And I, I don't mean that as a criticism. I'm just saying at times it feels like it can be a little myopic in terms of the view for BYU and what they're trying to accomplish on offense, and I think that can hurt them in terms of what they're trying to do, but 
I'll go back to a win is a win is a win and celebrate the victories. It, it, there's a lot of time to break this down. I'm going to go back and rewatch this on Sunday and I'll do my uh, film review Monday edition of the podcast and give you what I take away after rewatching it. Uh, other thing, I, I just it skipped my mind, but I just remembered it. BYU's pass rush, still abysmal. Zero sacks in this game. It's got to be cleaned up. You've got to find a way to generate some pressure and get some hits on the quarterback. Now, they were lucky enough that Jake Strong felt like he was in over his head. He ended up completing 19 of 37 passes, 236 yards, one touchdown, three critical interceptions, so 51% completion percentage, a QB rating of 97.6. So uh, not necessarily a pedestrian number. Well, it is pedestrian numbers, but also at the same time, BYU limited him just enough. Taj Brooks, the leading rusher in the nation, did get his 100 yards. It took him 31 carries, though, to get to 105 yards. That's an average of 3.4 yards per carry, so that was a solid number for BYU defensively in terms of limiting limiting him to less than four yards per carry. Uh, So that's a better number for BYU. But you can continue to improve on all of this. You can continue to work on this. Other thing that was absolutely ugly is uh, Texas Tech having a tight end uh, ejected in this game for spitting on Tyler Batty. And then Tyler Batty postgame saying that their right tackle also spit on him at the end of the game. If those can be substantiated and they can absolutely, uh, without a doubt, uh, confirm, at least in the case of the was it the Ford kid who was, ended up uh, getting ejected from this game, those deserve longer suspensions than just a game. You don't spit on people. What in the world are you thinking you're going to spit on somebody? There's not, there are not many things that are more demeaning than hawking a loogie and spit in the face of an opposing football player. That is just... that. It, it irks me, and I'm not even playing football, folks. I, I didn't ever have anything like that happen in my uh, very sparse playing career, but you can guarantee it would have pissed me off. And here's the thing. Tyler Batty played like a man who was absolutely pissed off in this game. I just That was ugly. You cannot do that. He ended up uh, leading uh, BYU. Actually, he finished uh, third on the team in tackles. Nine tackles, six of them solo. A QB hit as well as a forced fumble on that punt uh, that he forced. That was uh, a couple of good, other good things. Uh, th- that hit, two of the hits he had, very, very impressive. But he played like a man possessed. And I think absolutely the uh, him getting spit upon probably ignited a fire in him. Uh, Crew Wakely, by the way, led BYU with 11 total tackles. Jacob Robinson, second on the team with 10. AJ Vongpachan was six. Max Tooley with, uh, excuse me, AJ Vongpachan was seven, and Max Tooley was six. Uh, tackles for loss for BYU in this game. Uh, three tackles for loss, as well as three interceptions, and also the three quarterback hits. So, uh, BYU was generating so many quarterback hits early on this season against lesser opposition. You gotta find a way to continue to generate pressure. If you don't find that, it's going to hurt BYU, and it's going to be a tough one when they head to Texas next week. Now, Quinn Ewer's status uh, may be up in the air with regards to the Longhorns, but uh, nevertheless, they have got a bevy of talent with Texas, and BYU is going to uh, face some very, very long odds. I'm dead serious about the odds. The odds makers are probably going to make BYU a double-digit uh, underdog going into that game against Texas, but Here's the thing. If I'm BYU, I'm telling the guys, we're playing with house money at this point. Literally nobody, zero people outside of people in our locker room expect us to go to Texas and win this game. Play loose. Play fast. Let's go out and throw caution to the wind and see what we can do. It's the ultimate uh, low-risk, 
high reward type scenario for BYU heading into Texas next week. And we're going to break that down all week long right here on Locked On Cougars. All right. Uh, we're going to finish up this postcast edition of the show with your guys' time to shine. You guys send in your postcat, your post-game takeaways uh, to us on social media. We're going to get to those coming up next. First, a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready, ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has got the house for you, my friends. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home, build, home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points all designed to help meet your needs. Perry Homes has beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties. They also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes and everything in between. And they even are offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender as well. So take advantage today and visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com. P-E-R-R-Y, by the way, on the Perry. PerryHomesUtah.com. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making uh, some time to join us on this postcast edition of the podcast. Uh, it's going to be publishing, uh, I guess, very early Sunday morning. Uh, but nonetheless, a big thank you for all of your support as always. All right, uh, you guys responded in mass once again on our postcast. We'll kind of scroll through the through all of these uh, re- reactions just for a little bit. Probably will not get to everybody's. Uh, uh, takeaways because like I said there's just way too many but we'll scroll through as many as we can and obviously if you're watching this on YouTube you'll be able to see this uh, a little bit and we'll uh, let you guys kind of see so alright so I, I threw it out there what are your takeaways uh, Steven at MG, M4G bit he says I would really like us to start playing like we won the game in the fourth quarter when we have a three plus score lead not right after the half the play calling in that second half offensively was bad bad now Aaron Roderick can, is the only one that can answer for that obviously the players need to execute at the same time I, yeah the play calling may not have been what you wanted it to be but the players got to execute the plays oh by the way I completely space on one of the great plays in this game. Darius Lasseter climbing the ladder and going up and getting it, by the way. What a snag that was. Ends up uh, finishing that drive with the touchdown pass at the end of it, a four-yard uh, touchdown reception. But, man, what a what a job by him to go up one hand, haul that in, secure the catch against his body, and absorb the contact through the ground to secure the catch. What a play for him. I just came to my mind as I was thinking about this. All right, other uh, comments coming in. Daniel Haslam, our defense was much improved. We can figure out the offense. We will be in good shape. That's a very, very good point, Daniel. And, of course, you've been a longtime supporter and listener of the podcast. Cannot thank you enough for that. Uh, Real sports fan at CDS Ha uh, 99 Got to do a better job of containing and setting an edge on defense. Three drop picks. You're right. Crew Wakely had two on one possession uh, to one series alone, it felt like. Great effort overall by the defense. Run more with Robbins and LJ. I think BYU will start leading into that more. They want to have a dominant running game, and if it's starting to show those signs of life, you can guarantee BYU will start to run it more and more. 30 carries has got to be close to, if not a season high for BYU in terms of overall rushes and also the 150 yards. It's far and away BYU's best output in the run game this year. Uh, Nicholas Chadwick, our good friend, Nick underscore Chadwick. Man, A-Rod needs a fire lit under his ass. (laughs) Well, I I think he uh, I, here's the, knowing what I know of Aaron, I don't think he needs much of a fire lit under him. He's absolutely going to be looking to improve. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, from our high school days, funny enough, playing high school football together, Alex Long. Alex Long nine says good win. Turnovers cover up from questionable uh, second half offensive play. Get better and beat Texas. Go Cougs. You got to be better, no doubt about that. But BYU's effort level, it, it's back. It felt like it was a dip against TCU. We all saw it with our own eyes. But the nice part was BYU responded the way you wanted them to respond against Texas Tech. There was no hangover effect. There 
It was not them uh, hanging their head and feeling down and out about themselves. They bounced back. That was really nice to see that. Uh, let's see. Jeff Henor didn't watch live, but why didn't LJ finish the game? Kalani Sitake said LJ was healthy, uh, and they just wanted to give Aiden Robbins a chance to see the game out. And by the way, Aiden, Aiden Robbins, uh, Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football on NFL Network uses the term angry runs. Some absolutely angry runs uh, from uh, Aiden Robbins late in that game. Uh, Tyler Bell, great job overall by the defense. And he's at Tyler Bell 773 by the way on Twitter. Says Slovis doesn't look as people said he is. He does enough but missed a lot today. Not sure if it is his his fault or the O-line. O-line's not to be blamed here folks. The O-line I thought did a phenomenal job overall just live. I'll go back and watch it and I'll have a better feel for it. Also the run game looked improved which is a good sign. Agreed Tyler. It's a good sign to see BYU do their thing. Uh, David Welker. Dave, Dave R. Welker says it well. A win is a win but how would this have ended without five turnovers. Running game looks somewhat better. Passing game, why can't we run the routes or throw the ball beyond the sticks on third down? It's a great question uh, in and of itself, David. I would agree with you. You need to uh, figure out. you got to throw the ball to the sticks. And why can't the defense stop a third and long? Besides punting and score, Texas Tech wins the stats. It's kind of a story of the season for BYU, though. A lot of these games, the opposing team has controlled the, the box score, if you will. But BYU ends up controlling the scoreboard. And I'll say it once, I'll say it again. What you ultimately want, it's a bottom line business here with BYU is you want your team speaking of the Cougars to have more points than the other team and in this case the Texas Tech Red Raiders yeah they can control the box score but at the end of the day you got the W you got the W next to your name that's exactly what you want uh, Mark Dalton Dunn uh, says solid game big third down run late that was that 10 yard angry run I'm most ref- uh, mostly referring to from Aiden Robbins it was a huge run to get BYU big first down and turnovers Turnovers are key, folks. They more often than not will determine the outcome of a football game, and it's crazy to boil it down to that simple, but it really uh, can do that. Uh, Sonny Coogs says we had five turnovers and did nothing with them. Now, BYU could have done more, obviously, but they did cash in. A couple of them were field goals, if I recall correctly, and obviously you fell on the one, the, the fumbled snap in the end zone. Eddie Heckard ended up falling on it for a touchdown. So by my count, that's at least uh, 13 points. There's probably more. I'll have to go back and look at that a little bit more. Uh, Mojo, our good friend, says, yeah, the third string QB made some mistakes, but I still got to credit our D for that crazy turnover margin. It won us the game, loved the grit, but the offense was hard to watch. I agree, it was hard to watch in the second half. I actually thought it was fairly good in the first half. You want to see a continued uh, improvement on that. Uh, Tavita Mack, BYU's offense stinks like hot garbage. BYU 4 Trey a playoff bogey. Where is the consistency on offense? BYU a 3 and out after 3 and out after they, look, after they take that lead. Texas Tech caused some problems. BYU just looked out of sorts. The defense was lights out. The running game got going, but the passing game was just mediocre for most of the game. Agreed on all points there, uh, playoff bogey. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Our good friend Nick Lee, a stretch of seven straight drives of less than three minutes is inexcusable. Some serious issues on offense still. BYU should have won by 30. However, look around the Big 12 today. It's a, quote, survive and advance, unquote, kind of league. I would agree with that takeaway, Nick. It's absolutely that. Just win, baby. One more to a bowl. That's a very, very strong take from Nick there. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. On the next one, uh, Big Uncle Pooh. No way I would have expected to be 5-2 and two on the year. Game had some very fun moments and highlights. On to the next one. Low expectations for Texas. As I said, it's a low risk, high reward game. BYU is going to go into Texas with nobody believing in them, and that's the perfect scenario for BYU to go out there and play this that game under, I feel like. We'll see how they do, obviously. They could very easily get trounced by Texas. That is a very 
Very good team led by former BYU quarterback Steve Sarkeesian as their head coach. I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, I would understand the low expectations for tick, uh, for for Texas. Uh, TK Bound at Trent Brown Trent Brown Coog uh, says a win is a win. That is all. Celebrate the wins, folks. It's absolutely what we should be doing here. Uh, let's see. Uh, D Rock at Rock Monster 1232. Defense good. Offense bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, Zach at Zach underscore Zilla BYU. Having Lassiter and Chase Roberts back next year pleases me. Add Keelan Marion to that mix. Add Cody Epps potentially to that mix. There, there's some talent coming back. Uh, other ones, let's see real quick. Um, Mattitude says, well, dot, dot, dot. We won, and it's got uh, a guy who's kind of pursing his lips looking at it. Uh, Devin D., our good friend, Devin D33, sends a gif and says, happy and scared. I can understand that because uh, BYU is kind of w- uh, winning on razor-thin margins here, but alas, they are still 5-2. Uh, and two. Uh, Let's see, other ones coming in here. BYU for the W, BYU Insider. Glad they won, but it was one of the most disappointing offensive performances, one of the more disappointing offensive performances I have seen in 2023, which has a lot because I haven't. there haven't been many good ones. We'll see what happens. Uh, Cougar Yankee, I'm glad they won, but honestly, I think they are the worst 5-2 and two team in the country. Oh, okay. That's an interesting take there. Uh, but then this, I'm going to finish up with this. I'm going to scroll through and see if I can find any other ones real quick here. Uh, oh, John R. Casino on 196. Why the hell was Texas Tech favored to begin with? I think they were wondering if the quarterback situation with Bayron Morton, he'd end up playing, but obviously that did not happen. And then the final one we're going to give the credit to, I guess, last word. Uh, let's see. Uh, Crowberry right here. It's absolutely fantastic seeing this team so close to bowl eligibility in their first Big 12 season despite their flaws. Amen to that, Crowberry. I, I think you absolutely nailed it. I'm going to leave it there uh, for this edition of the podcast. And a big thank you, uh, by the way, to all of you who weighed in. Apologies if I did not get to all of your answers. I uh, hope you had fun at the game or watching it, no matter what happened, because the win's a win, folks. Let's celebrate those W's. And at the same time, uh, we'll see what happens as BYU gets ready to go to Texas next week. By the way, BYU basketball has a has a uh, exhibition game uh, coming up on Wednesday next week as well. And we have tickets for you guys. We'll announce how you're going to go about winning those on Monday. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And obviously stay tuned for our film review, looking back at this win over Texas Tech. And then obviously all week long, uh, looking ahead to that matchup at DKR Memorial. Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium in Austin, Texas. I have been the last two times BYU played in Austin. I unfortunately will not be making the trip this year. And I, I wish I were because Austin is a really, really fun town. But we'll have plenty of coverage for you guys in the week ahead right here on the podcast. A big thank you once again, though, to all of you for your uh, support of the podcast. Thank you for being everydayers with us, and obviously thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Enjoy whatever is left of your weekend whenever you watch and or hear this, and I hope you guys are all doing well. This has been the Locked On Cougars postcast edition right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.